Hi guys, Paul from the Innovation Community here. Today, I'm with Alexi Sutyagin, who's the Head of Network Analytics at O2, or Telefonica UK. Now, Alexi is using data science and data modeling to help optimize customer experience at a, a major telecoms player. Great to have you with us. Thanks very much. I gave you a short intro there, but tell us a bit more about yourself in a few words to start with, Alexi. Um, I've been working in telecom industry for over 20 years, and uh, I've started in uh, kind of technical roles uh, related to uh, radio networks. So I actually work in all generations of networks as the, uh, in the end of first generation, second generation, third generation, fourth generation, now the fifth generation. And uh, all the, you know, my initial kind of, you know, uh, interest was the kind of technical uh, radio, some kind of, you know, uh, optimization. A few years back, a few years is probably about 10 years back, I've uh, changed my path from kind of, you know, more technical details into uh, more automation, related to automation and uh, lately to the um, data and uh, data-driven decisions. So where did your career working with data and analytics start? Um, I think it's... Uh, probably about five years ago when um, we kind of tune and, and again was kind of natural um, evolution of uh, when um, all industries start kind of changing and the data become more available and uh, uh, machines uh, start processing more data much faster. Uh, we were working on deployment of um, first zone, uh, which is the self-optimized network in UK. And, uh, and the next kind of pass is, uh, why would you do all the work? And all the work was, uh, what we wanted to do is kind of move into uh, improve customer experience. And to understand customer experience, we need data. And that's basically, you know, was kind of tuned to more related to the customer experience. So what are you up to in your current role as the head of network analytics? Uh, what we're trying to do, and again, uh, data is, uh, is um, now become a kind of major asset of all organizations and Telefonica is not uh, um, immune to this. And they have different parts of organization uh, working on data, developing data. I see it within uh, networks and uh, it's quite a technical department. So, but actually, you know, uh, everything what our customer using network for our kind of connect network, it's actually responsibility of networks team. And within networks, we have huge amount of data. I mean, if you will kind of imagine everything was there before because all the, um, when the machines basically, when any process and when any base stations communicate, uh, they communicate through sending some kind of, you know, data inputs. And this data previously was never collected. So basically you've got event, you send it out, you receive it kind of, you acknowledge and it's been dumped. And now we're actually storing all this data and processing all this data. So what we're trying to do, we're trying to make sense of this technical data to help um, within networks to make it more effective, to make it more efficient and to improve customer experience. So for you personally, what really interests you about using data to help the customer? I think it's a fascinating uh, is, um, you know, it's always been interesting, you know, I think, you know, it's quite natural for all of us to be curious about what we can find out, what we can know, how we can use some um, data. And uh, I think, you know, ability to access it now, applying some advanced modeling and, uh, how, you know, um, making decisions, which are kind of data driven decisions, which we can prove 
I think it's uh, really fascinating. As before, we can kind of hear hindsight, as kind of we all knew what was happening. Now, with the data, we have a very clear confirmation. And with the tools available for us, we can take this data and make it more advanced, the kind of more uh, future-focused decisions. So what would you identify as some of the major successes that you've achieved over your career? I think, um, um, I think the adoption, uh, wide adoption of kind of our principles and our vision. Because it started with a vision, and vision started probably five, seven years ago when a lot of people, a lot of organizations, they kind of see it's coming, but they didn't really believe it is going to kind of take place and when it's going to take place. And I think adoption of uh, our strategy, adoption of our vision, and kind of put to the center of what we are doing just now in terms of adopting and using the data, I think it's a great success. So I think it's also recognition versus organization. That's uh, what we were doing was the right thing to do. So tell us about a time that you affected this kind of change in a major organization and what were the challenges that came with that? Um, I would say the challenges usually exists in the three kind of areas. Um, it's, um, let's start from kind of the bottom is the technology. So you need to have a technology to, um, to ensure that uh, you, can, you can drive some change. Uh, then you need to have people. Uh, people basically, it's, um, and again, I'll start from bottom, there is not an order of uh, importance and the higher we go, the more kind of, you know, important than become. So people as an organization, um, I think it uh, sits in kind of areas of, um, it's readiness, uh, it's uh, acceptance uh, and um, willingness to, to change. And you face a lot of, uh, in any organization, any transformation, any change, you uh, are likely to face some sort of resistance. And resistance are usually, you know, because of change is frightening and it's kind of understandable, it's acceptable. But also, you know, then usually change and transformation uh, means there are some skill set change and people need to learn, people need to train. And it's kind of, you know, pushing them a bit of out of the comfort zone. And I think, um, this is probably most kind of challenging time. And the third is, is the organizational kind of fit has the um, senior leadership uh, acceptance and also all the processes uh, and um, support, organizational kind of, you know, support which we have. So kind of three areas, I think they are always key as the leadership um, support processes, uh, business principles, business implementation, uh, people, as their, their skill set, as their readiness, as their mm. willingness to change. And of course, technology, because without technology, you can't really move forward with all the kind of, you know, support you have. And how do you think that that's going to progress over the next few years? How do you think that's going to help optimize the, the way that you guys are using tech? Well, I, I think it's inevitable. And again, this is, this is um, um, it's not a matter of time if it's going to happen. I think it's more like when and when organizations are going to, um, you know, be more widely um, using this technology or using data, applying more kind of data science principles and bringing um, data engineers in the workplace. So I think it's, it's a matter of time of when, but not if, because uh, you can imagine almost any organization nowadays, which are, you know, able to exist without data. And look into, you know, kind of, you know, uh, high-tech uh, companies, uh, you know, everything is uh, built on the data. So it's inevitable. 
yeah, makes a lot of sense. And what do you think was the biggest impact that you ever made on a transformation? I, I think, you know, with, with, from my perspective, you know, it's um, to see in some results. So when you um, build a model and when the model basically, you know, give you some uh, insight or, you know, and we can bring it to the business and business uh, accepting it and kind of, you know, start using it. I think, you know, when you see the shift, I think that's, that's, that's very empowering. And how would you describe your leadership style? Um, it's a good question. Um, I, um, I think, you know, again, from my perspective, because I've, um, I, I had different stages of my career of uh, working for people, having different sort of managers and uh, working with people and uh, having line manage and uh, organization, different kind of, you know, style and uh, hierarchy. I think from my perspective, what I, Again, just as explain, I, um, I I like to give people uh, ability to perform at their kind of best capacity. Uh, I like to support people. I like to um, understand what people uh, kind of you know desire to progress and so on. So it's in my in my organization, my team. It's it's all about openness and trust and. Um, I think, you know, we have very good climate of kind of people have, uh, my team have um, uh, ability to learn, to develop, to enjoy some time. Uh, you know, we have a bit of kind of good funny chats and stuff like this. In same respect, we're all driven towards their common objectives. And I think, you know, the pace of the team is quite uh, high. So I, I think the all good relationship with the team should be based on trust, should be based on uh, give people ability to progress with their capabilities, um, have uh, aspiration for their future and better things. And, um, you know, give a time to um, uh, innovate because constraining people uh, within kind of certain tasks is kind of significantly reduce the innovation. And if you don't give this kind of, you know, this, uh, I would say a bit of artistic kind of, you know, mind to explore, I think it's very difficult. So enjoyable work environment for me is the key. And of course, you know, we have um, key business objectives, but to be honest, in the last few years, if I look back, I think it's, it's really works. Yeah, and, and how do you communicate up the, to the senior leadership team? Uh, how do you engage and communicate that? There are a number of methods, but in our organization, you know, uh, uh, what we have is the um, network leadership team. Um, so we, we have regular chats and, uh, you know, I, I would um, come up sometimes with updates, uh, what's going on in our organization. So we keep it really open. Uh, so I mean, organization as a tool is, is really great in terms of open uh, uh, communication. So and uh, willingness to kind of, you know, to support and uh, give a place. So. Uh, in general, it's kind of more regular updates of what's happening, uh, sometimes highlighted any issues, but uh, kind of keep, keep the seniors um, in the loop of uh, everything that's going on. And where do you see the biggest opportunity for improvement within Telephonic UK right now? Um, <clears throat> well, biggest opportunity, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not necessary in my place for, 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 for all the Telephonic UK, but I would say... Um, uh, a lot of organizations, again, size like this, we have quite a lot of legacy systems. And I think, you know, improvement on the legacy systems, uh, improving on data quality, and again, data quality related to the, to the task we are doing mainly of the technical uh, details is the 
uh, legacy systems, uh, they were not built, for example, for native support for like cloud or native support for uh, big data. And uh, inevitably it introduces some challenges on the data. So improving data quality, uh, maybe, you know, relying more on the cloud-based and um, and the opportunity to understand the data better, I think that's 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 definitely advantages. And uh, I think building more trust into uh, wide adoption, okay, the wider trust into the data. So you have to focus on data, you have to invest in data, but also you need to trust the data. And what do you think was the biggest mistake you made during your career? Yeah, mistake is such a big word. Um, I think um, in terms of mistakes, um, we all make choices and uh, it's about what choice you made and how you deal with it. So I wouldn't necessarily call particular mistakes, uh, which kind of, you know, uh, I, I have made. Maybe, you know, uh, it wasn't kind of, you know, right time or I've delayed certain things. So maybe, you know, sometimes I push too hard for innovation. But I think it's ability for you to recognize, uh, reflect on uh, some choices you made and how you move uh, forward. I think in general, again, kind of just my personality, when I see opportunity, I'm kind of trying to pursue it. And sometimes you need to wait, especially big organization, for organization to kind of to um, understand and to um, kind of, you know, to, to get through the processing because the gears are quite, uh, you know, quite slow sometimes because the big organization, you have more gears if it's the right analogy. So from this perspective, you know, to get in the kind of full speed gears, it takes a lot of time. So from this perspective, sometimes you need to understand that better kind of size organization, type organization of all other external internal influences you have as an organization. Mm, and and you mentioned a lot about uh, sustaining a culture of innovation within the team. How has COVID-19 really affected that, your ability to do that? It's, it's, it's really interesting. And again, I'm, I'm just trying to look at it a bit more positive side because uh, uh, thankfully, you know, during the COVID, uh, my, my team was uh, all fine. Everybody was healthy and we were managed to, you know, to work remotely without any problems. And Telefonica... Uh, UK and the Telefonica wide organization were absolutely fantastic of supporting, uh, you know, uh, all, all, all the people, you know, within a couple of days, even people who will never work from home were given equipment to, to do so. But my team, obviously, you know, was my, my, more equipped to this. Uh, and um, we, we found actually, you know, uh, we, we took a significant challenge. And I think it was really, really, really a uh, good um, example of how, we can use the data to actually help with such significant level of uncertainty. Uh, and significant level of uncertainty I'm talking about, nobody could predict how things would go during COVID. Uh, none, none of us could know how long it will take, how people will use uh, the network, where they need it most and so on. And uh, my team took significant amount of new challenges trying to understand customer behavior where customers are, how they use a network, how things are changing on a daily basis. Uh, we have some calls with the governments as well to kind of, you know, to answer some questions and the help with the, some of the queries related to the data usage or, you know, it was some uncertainty in terms of, for example, um, the hospitals and how we ensure that we can provide um, a good quality of service uh, kind of at the key locations. 
So those key locations need to be identified. We, and we try to look into, you know, how the traffic being distributed and so on. So I think, you know, my team adapted very, very quickly and uh, we definitely um, made significant contribution to lots of business decisions uh, during COVID. So it was, it was really a success. Yeah, fantastic way to, to look at the, uh, the crisis. What's your top working from home tip? I, yeah, that, that's, uh, I, I actually gave uh, working from home team from day one. First of all, I've been working from home, uh, although I'm kind of travel quite a lot, but personally, I've worked from home quite, quite some time. And I think um, this was kind of this time from kind of working from home. You have working from home is kind of normal, and you're, you have working from home with all the kids and uh, relatives and the dogs and everything around you. And that's absolutely not kind of not normal. Uh, but, but in general, I think it's um, don't stack basically on the computer. Try to take some breaks. Try not to overwork because it's very easy to do. And I think for everyone, for everyone to be respectful because uh, uh, people have different kind of, you know, uh, circumstances where they see how they work. Be respectful. Don't try to overload. And I think workflows quite nicely. So as I'm saying, this is kind of related back to my uh, leadership style is give people some space. But in the same respect, you know, uh, you need to have a mutual kind of respect. So, uh, you know, everybody will give back if you kind of, you know, respect in, uh, their kind of, you know, their space. But in, in general, don't overwork because it's very easy. And then it starts draining you and that's dangerous. And what does your routine look like at home? Well... <laughs> Routine is the word I actually don't like. So I don't like routines. And again, this is made basically, you know, uh, something that is just my personality. Uh, but, but in general, in general, what we have, uh, we have um, set up routine kind of checkups and uh, routine calls and routine kind of, you know, tasks, which uh, we have to do. So just to ensure, you know, you have regular catch up with all the team, you have regular catch up with all your stakeholders. Uh, you regular catch up with all the projects and the programs you are doing just to ensure the work is uh, going on. Uh, everything else, I think, um, you know, within an organization like ours, we have uh, quite significant amount of um, reports which need to be checked on a daily or weekly basis. Uh, we need to supply information to the stakeholders and uh, senior management. So from this perspective, you know, all those tasks, uh, of course, they need to be kind of um, uh, complete. But, you know, I, I think it goes without saying those tasks never change. So basically need to do it. But in terms of um, working with people, especially, you know, with kind of, you know, remote working, uh, you have to have a checkpoints. Um, good update on calendar. Ensure, you know, you have all the people you need to work with to speak to, because it's very easy. If you're not in the office, it's very easy just to kind of forget about things. So good kind of, you know, uh, preparation, housekeeping will definitely help. And what's the best piece of advice you ever received? Um, it was many years ago. And again, I was thinking about this and I think it is about um, kind of decision-making process. So when you are um, given certain responsibility, and um, I think it's, um, it's something you will learn over the time. It's when you can make decisions yourself and when you have to ask for help or escalate. And I think it's very important to have this uh, right balance in terms of what decisions, what within your kind of you know, responsibility or ability at this moment of time to make, and at what point you need to share it 
either with stakeholders, with your seniors, or maybe with your team. And that basically, you know, what it kind of where it leads to is you don't put everything on yourself. You don't put huge amount of pressure, but in the same respect, you kind of, you know, you, tr you learn to balance uh, the level of respons uh, responsibility you have and also, you know, how you need to, at the time, to either escalate to ask for help. What advice would you give for aspiring leaders in data and analytics? It's, it's a really good question. It's a really good question. I think in terms of advice, what data brings us is a lot of um, exciting potential for research. And uh, I think my advice is to be curious because curiosity will drive you far. Uh, if you see the uh, results of the model or the data, Try to think about this, try to apply your kind of common sense and knowledge, test it uh, with the peer group, with some engineers, if it's right or not. And uh, don't stop itself just basically with giving the data and that's how it is, or giving the results is how it is. Be curious, be curious mm -hmm. on the originator of the source of the results and why is it there. And I think applying this principle will really, really you know, help you to go far. Alexi Sutyagin, Head of Network Analytics at O2 slash Tenifolica UK. Thanks for joining us. No worries.